Joelle Ratsivarzen, thank you very much indeed for talking to the implications of regional climate variability on water resources in Africa podcast series today. You've just given your presentation on climate change adaptation in Madagascar agriculture. What did you tell the delegates and why? Uh, thank you so much. Uh, uh, this, uh, as uh, we all know, we are uh, facing this uh, big challenge in uh, climate change, especially in water resources. And uh, water plays an important role also in agriculture all over the world, uh, especially in developing countries when we are facing the food security issues at the, at the moment. So uh, the way to adapt uh, uh, the strategy to adapt to this uh, uh, climate uh, change is very important, especially in uh, rural area of developing countries like uh, Madagascar. And uh, since agriculture also is not uh, uh, only uh, very important for human life, it has uh, and uh, having a, a negative impact to uh, to climate change. It uh, it is uh, also a ma- major driver to environmental uh, change and climate change also. What kind of changes are we seeing in agriculture in Madagascar as a result of climate change? The adaptation, uh, there is uh, uh, a lot of uh, change happening in Madagascar, especially at the local level because of uh, the drought and the frequent uh, uh, flooding. So what happened was mainly the reduced yield and the destruction of uh, of uh, agricultural fields and also salinization of water and the salinization of uh, soil and there are several crop uh, crops that could not uh, resist with all these uh, these changes and the local farmers have to adapt uh, their strategies uh, in front of uh, these uh, issues. Have you any good examples of local adaptation? I know that the main crop in Madagascar is rice, isn't it? Have they been adapting crops? Um, Have they been planting later or earlier? Um, How is your research assisting them? Uh, Yes, uh, there's a lot of uh, adaptation strategies that uh, the local farmers are uh, using because rice is, as you have mentioned, rice is the main food staple and it's uh, uh, planted all over uh, Madagascar. Then uh, one of the strategies that local farmers are using is not only relying on uh, rice, they use uh, uh, diversified uh, crop varieties that could provide food for uh, the local community throughout uh, the years, so including sweet potatoes or manioc or uh, uh, corns or uh, beans or uh, sorghum. And uh, this, is, this is very important. Other strategies also are uh, uh, planting some uh, uh, crops resisting to... Uh, to drought, especially the drought is the main problem in uh, most of uh, the area in Madagascar. So the sorghum is uh, introduced and uh, uh, 
trying to be uh, encouraged by uh, the local government to these local farmers. But it's a heartening story, isn't it? Because it is a story of why we have climate change. You have people in Madagascar, the farmers, they are adapting. That's your message. Yes, they are trying to adapt themselves with uh, their uh, traditional uh, ways and uh, also uh, strengthened by uh, other stakeholders in the area. And this is, this is very important in order to uh, overcome this uh, challenge uh, of uh, climate change at the local scale. If we move on to a more general discussion now, what impact do you think climate change and climate variability is having on water resources globally? I mean, you talked about drought, but elsewhere uh, in Africa there's flooding. Yes, this is uh, uh, very important, especially in developing countries uh, when uh, they, uh, they could not uh, really do much with the natural disasters like flooding and uh, the strategies that uh, could be uh, considered uh, is that uh, uh, government uh, uh, policy and program should consider uh, this uh, climate change, mainstreaming, ma- mainstreaming the climate change at the policy at uh, different level from national uh, policy level to, to local policy level. So you think that public policies can help alleviate the impact of, of climate variability? Absolutely because as uh, we all know, uh, developing countries are uh, uh, having uh, limited uh, uh, financial resources. If it's not considered at the, po- uh, at, the policy le- at the policy level, at the national level, then mm, it, w- it is not really seen and considered uh, the whole, all the whole year. So this could uh, alleviate uh, the poverty and it uh, fits with the Millennium Development Goals also. Uh, but, but, can you re- it at, at but, but, can't, but can you really have national top-down policies? I mean, for instance, will people want to implement these policies on a regional or a very local level? Isn't it better to look for local solutions and, and feed them upwards? Oh, absolutely. It should be from the local level, but uh, the national level should consider this issue at the national level also, because it has to be in most of developing countries. All policies have to come from the top level, and uh, there there should be some uh, uh, consultation and uh, feedback from uh, the national level and uh, the local level and uh, the communication between these different levels is uh, very, very important. And and does academic and scientific research like your own help to feed into public policy making for sustainable development? Absolutely. Research plays, scientific research plays uh, an important role in uh, uh, combating this uh, challenge, this global challenge uh, of uh, climate change. But uh, most of the time, there is a barrier of communication between scientists and the policy makers, as well as from scientists, policy makers, and uh, the local farmers. So this is a very big challenge that uh, I see in this workshop that we uh, try to address how uh, we could uh, uh, overcome this uh, challenge.
And, and you mentioned a very important phrase there, didn't you? Local buy-in by the farmers. It must give them confidence to know that, that you're out in front in a way, looking and scientifically studying the changes they need to make and the, yeah. the adaptations to climate change mm -hmm. for their crops to survive. Yes, and uh, we should not uh, neglect also the traditional knowledge, which is very important as uh, that should be considered. Sometimes, most of the time, we as scientists, we consider ourselves uh, as uh, uh, very well uh, trained, very well educated, very well informed. But most of the time, we should not neglect also the knowledge from, uh, uh, from the bottom. And scientists should consider that highly under design of their uh, research in order to, uh, to, 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 to overcome this challenge. And uh, we also uh, uh, should consider this uh, partnership at uh, our level from local to national to, to international levels because uh, combating uh, climate change issue, it's a shared responsibility for uh, all of us. And what kind of applications, specific applications, do you think might emerge out of these community and scientific partnerships? Uh, let, let's look at your, your own study, climate change adaptation in Madagascar agriculture. Mm -hmm. Are there any applications? Yes, of course. Like uh, when we have uh, uh, mentioned this, uh, uh, some practices of uh, soil management, this is coming out of uh, some uh, some experimental studies using like this uh, uh, mulching or cover cropping or uh, promoting uh, uh, legumes in crop uh, uh, rotation. This is some some example of uh, the importance of scientific research. It has been already used by local farmers, but one would. Uh, uh, scientists should uh, consider of strengthening what was these uh, these uh, local farmer practices and trying to uh, help or adapt it also with the scientific knowledge. And does it really uh, uh, impact on the local communities more in Madagascar because it's you as a scientist saying, come on, we've got to change the planting calendar, for example? Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, uh, th that is very, very important. And, uh, for example, we changed the planting calendar. Uh, this is not only coming from the scientist side, but most of the time we consider the local knowledge uh, or traditional knowledge, they already practices, and we try, as a scientist, try to strengthen or orient their practices based on the scientific knowledges. If we now look to the future and, and your local community research being here at Cambridge University today, uh, the implications of climate change and variability on African Water Resources Conference, are you an optimist or a pessimist? In, in terms of climate change and the future? Uh, as I have uh, mentioned, uh, it's, uh, it's really a shared responsibility for uh, all of us. If we are very committed and having the will at different level, uh, this I'm, I'm sure that we could uh, uh, combat it all, uh, all together. And uh, uh, if... Uh, if, as you mentioned, if they come here, if these local farmers 
shared all uh, these uh, scientific uh, results, uh, very impressive uh, uh, scientific uh, results presented here during this workshop. I'm sure that uh, they are very, very uh, uh, excited and uh, very, very happy to see what could be done next. Well, I, I dare say you'll get lots of ideas from the conference and others will get ideas from you. Uh, Joel Ratsivarzan, thank you very much indeed for talking to the implications of regional climate variability on water resources in Africa podcast series today. I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you.